You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. To all my corporate quitters and wannabe corporate quitters, if you're loving the podcast and looking for more easily digestible BS-free resources like the Quitter Starter Pack or How to Go Viral Guide, be sure to check out our website, corporatequitter.com, and our Instagram at the Corporate Quitter, where we spill all the deets on the daily, helping you get one step closer to just doing the damn thing. Now, on to our episode. Anna Bond is a former corporate leader turned badass full-time entrepreneur. Over the course of 10 years, Anna has built a successful brand, a Lily love affair, a strong and engaged social media following, and a six-figure income. Tired of running on the social media hamster wheel, Anna became obsessed with teaching herself SEO or search engine optimization, which skyrocketed her blog revenue to five figures or more per month. Her unique site visitors by a thousand percent increased her affiliate sales by 430% and her email subscribers by 500%. With her business now functioning on autopilot, Anna has not only walked away from her corporate career, but nearly doubled her former six figure income. She now coaches and mentors other badass female business owners on how to leverage their site's SEO and secure their financial future. And Anna, I am so grateful that you can come on because from everyone, if they don't already know, I've been literally stalking her since I met her in Shine, which is a mastermind program I joined in April 2021. So I'm just in awe of you and everything that you've built. So thank you so much for coming on. Yay. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am equally as inspired by you. You're the badass, not me. (laughs) Oh, come on. Give yourself credit, Anna. Come on. I'll give myself a little bit of credit, but I think you are like breaking glass ceilings and it's so exciting to see like all the things that you're doing and how much you're inspiring your community, which I think should just level up anybody, including myself. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. But it is the corporate quitter way. So, you know, got to walk the talk. It sure is. As a corporate quitter gal, I completely appreciate that. So speaking of like quitting corporate, what's your story? Like, I know, you know, you have a Lily Love Affair. You're building out a whole new sustainable line now. But like, how did you actually go from corporate leaving and now building this massive empire? Yeah. I mean, like so many other people, right? I thought that the only path that you could take and really the only path that was taught to me was you go to college. When you're done with college, you only have the option really to work for someone else. Like, right. Unless your family is in a business that they own and you're going to like take that empire over. So I went to Indiana university, go big red immediately moved to Chicago with all of my good friends from college. And of course, went into working in the corporate world, thinking that's the only thing I was ever going to do. When I was in college, though, and I guess really just even since I was a kid, um, have always had this love of fashion. While I was sort of, you know, kind of climbing the corporate ladder, which was always my goal in life, my real passion in terms of the corporate world, really, I guess, really, even just as a person is leadership development and inspiring people. And if you do have to work in the corporate world, like I hope I am your leader who helps you come to work every day and really love your job and reach any potential goal that you have and make all the paper, as my husband would say. (laughs) I, you know, was in the corporate world, but I had like this really fond passion for fashion and all my sorority sisters and all my friends growing up, we just really loved style. And so it was really important to me as I was working and kind of growing in leadership at my corporate job that I was able to infuse my personal style at work. You know, I just, there's nothing that I hate more than a cookie cutter black and white suit uh, with a white button down, like at a job interview. Like I really wanted to be somebody who was infusing tasteful, respectful, feminine style at the office. And so fast forward a few years, I was always getting questions at work around like, how do you style this piece? And like, do such a great job of bringing such femininity, but also personal style to the office. Like, teach me how to do that. Where can I buy this kind of stuff? What are your tips and tricks? Like, how can you wear a pair of yellow trousers really tastefully to a C-suite board meeting, right? Like how can you wear a yellow suit doing that? And so lo and behold, a few years later, I just was getting questions all the time. I was answering those more than I was a lot of other things at the office. Um, And so my girlfriend, who's one of my best friends today was like, 
damn it, you should just start a blog. Like I'm really tired of watching you just keep giving out all this advice and not have a place to house all these recommendations and things like that. And at that time, I mean, this was like in 2010, like blogs were like maybe starting out. And I was like, what the fuck is a blog? Like, I don't have time for that. What? I don't even know what that is. And like affiliate sales and all of that kind of stuff. Like that was not really talked about at all. Or reward style was really just getting off. And so she kept hounding me about it. And I was like, no, 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 no. And so I was like, you know what, what I'll do is I'll just create an Instagram account. And like, I'll very casually share with iPhone photos, outfits that I put together and things like that. And eventually, again, fast forward, reward style ends up reaching out to me. And they said, we really love your style. Do you have a blog? Because back then you could only work with reward style if you had a blog. And so for those who don't know, reward style is one of the better or bigger affiliate programs out there. And so I was like, okay, maybe there's something to be said about this blog situation. And so I started a blog. It was very casual. Sean and I, if you look back at old photos, they were horrific. Another fast forward, I was putting like passion into the blog, but I wasn't really taking it seriously. Instagram wasn't really a serious thing. You know, it was something I was doing casually, but we started to get recognition from brands like Banana Republic and J. Crew, And then Refinery29 ended up doing an article on uh, the top 10 bloggers that you absolutely have to know. So that just kind of blew things up for us. So we were in the top 10 bloggers you must know, and then lots of other people started to write those. And so I started to see that there was like more potential for this blog and I became more passionate about it. I put a lot of my time and energy into that while I was sort of simultaneously growing my corporate career. But what ended up happening was it actually didn't all really come to fruition until 2019. I've literally spent 10 years blogging and Instagramming and building a loyal following on Instagram. But Over the years, I was putting a lot of time and energy into the blog, but the blog itself wasn't making me a lot of money. If I wanted to make money, I had to rely really heavily on Instagram blog collaborations or partnerships and affiliate sales through Instagram. But it just felt like a hamster wheel. Like I was just constantly creating this content and constantly, again, chasing the paper. But Instagram was really the only place that I could make money. And in late 2019, I think it was over Christmas, there was a blogger dinner that a big brand had for a bunch of us here in Chicago. And I was sitting across the table from one of my really good girlfriends who's also been blogging for 10 or 15 years. We were talking about revenue streams. And like, I was like, I just feel like I'm on this hamster wheel with content creation on Instagram. And it just feels like I'm not making the you know six figures that I can at the office. And so like, it just feels like I'm always going to be on this wheel, this hamster wheel. And she was like, Anna, you're doing it all wrong. You have to start focusing on growing your blog and you need to do that through SEO, which is search engine optimization. She was so generous and kind and said, I'm making nearly five figures every single month, just through content creation, through the blog, through ad revenue, you can be doing the same. You just need to do a few things differently. Imagine that five figures on top of five or six figures that you could make with blog collaborations every single month. And I thought, well, shit, (laughs) I've been doing this for 10 years, potentially wasting all this time. I create all sorts of content for the blog, but it just was like no one was ever seeing it unless I promoted it through social media. And she just was so generous about pulling back the layers. She gave me some really amazing resources on where I could start. I drove home from that dinner that night with no radio on. And you know, those moments where you're just so absorbed with like what's happening in your mind, you can like see the future and you can like start to see the stars align. I imagine that's what happened to you. And like, you got all this amazing recognition and you're like, shit's really happening. Like I see the future now it's coming together. Thank God. I immediately the next day was like, I need to adjust my whole schedule and my whole plan. And I am just going to go out and I'm going to hustle and teach myself SEO, which felt like an incredibly daunting task. Because when you talk to most people about SEO, they're like, that's too hard. (laughs) Like, that's just too much work. And I spent the better part of a year teaching myself SEO. And again, I sort of fast forward 
about 12 months later, the blog was doing just that. I could get myself to thousands and thousands of page views a day. It was happening for me overnight. It was happening with very little to no effort. I was making money in my sleep and I no longer needed to hustle this Instagram game. And I no longer felt like I was putting all of my eggs in the Instagram basket And ultimately, that new stream of revenue allowed me to leave my six-figure corporate, almost executive-level job. Wow. So cool, though. Like, you were doing all the things right except for SEO. And once you, right, small tweak, just a small tweak, and it completely changed the game. Completely changed the game entirely. And I mean, so you and I were talking, right? And we stay in close contact. I just spent the last two months doing nothing on Instagram at all. <laughs> uh, some some of that was a personal break I was going to take in December. And then in, in January, I had some personal things that came up that took me away. But in a prior life, that would have stressed me out. And I would have had very little to no income, or I would have had to have dealt with that personal situation at the same time as feeling like this pressure to create content, you know, and commitments to brand collaborations and things like that. But I was able to completely step away from both of those things and have the peace of mind that the money was still going to come and the money was flowing. And I didn't do anything for the blog. I didn't share a single piece of content on social media on any channel. And the money still came in as passive income and I didn't have to worry about a thing. So fun when you get to like just exist and you're making money. Like, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. The cool thing too with like SEO that I'm finding is it's not just for blogs. It's for everything. It's for YouTube, video titles. It's for like Instagram. I mean, it's like search engine optimization really encompasses every avenue of the digital age. And the fact that you've mastered it has unlocked this major, major thing for you and for other people too. Yeah, no, it's 100% true. I think so many people do think that it is just blog related, but there is an art to SEO for, as you mentioned, YouTube. There's even like, I think you and I were chatting not that long ago that like Tim Ferriss is an amazing, right? He runs a wildly successful podcast and he has seen the upside. Every single podcast episode that he has, he translates that into a blog post and makes it SEO friendly so that people can find the related content that he's discussing on the podcast online as well. Yeah. When you had told me that, I was like, damn, like I need to, that's like in the, in the future. We're doing that in the future. Got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Can you elaborate a little bit more what SEO actually is? Like, what does it mean? What does it encompass? Right. Cause we hear it and we're like, okay, Google keywords, but we're like, uh, like what is that? Right. Yeah. So SEO is search engine optimization, which essentially means when you go out to search engines like Google or Yahoo or Bing or Firefox, whatever, you're searching in a term, right? Like most people are going online to search something on Google because they want an answer to a question or they want to solve a problem or something along those lines. And When you've created your content, you want to design that content in a way that helps Google and other search engines find your content organically. So as an example, if I want to read a review on Fabletics before I make a purchase, so I want to know, like, was it worth it? Or is like a Dyson vacuum? (laughs) Is the Dyson vacuum worth it? I want to read people's reviews. So somebody may write content that gives a very detailed description of their experience. Was it worth it? Are there alternatives to buying a Dyson? All of that kind of stuff. So when you're a content creator or even just a brand, right, because brands need to focus on SEO too, even though they're not necessarily content creating, you want that content to be formulated and designed in a way that allows those search engines to move your content to the top of search and be found by the general public. Oh yeah, it does. So that sounds all awesome and great and we want that. But like, to me, I'm like, that sounds hard. That sounds complicated. That sounds time consuming. So like, what are some of the myths behind SEO? Because I know you mentioned like, oh, it doesn't take a lot of effort, but to me, a newbie, it does. So like, what's the spiel with SEO? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of things that people need to factor in when they consider SEO, right? So If I simplified it in its most simple terms, like when I was learning some of the most simple practices that made sense to me at the beginning were, if you're specifically focused on making money through SEO, it's about finding content within your niche, right? Like you don't want to just be writing about anything, finding content within your niche 
that people are searching for. So what is that problem that you want to solve? Is the volume for that content high enough for you to go after? So meaning like if I was super passionate about creating a Fabletics review, am I going to put a lot of time and energy into creating that content? Is anybody even searching for that? Like, is it even worth it for me to create that? And if I've determined that, that yes, the volume is really high. Am I going after a keyword or a topic that I can actually rank for as a content creator? So the balance is finding these high volume keywords that you can also rank for. So I'll give an example. A girlfriend of mine came to me recently and said, I'm going to write a blog post on how to become debt-free. How can I rank for that? And my answer to her, unfortunately, was you won't. Because that is an example of a keyword. She's a smaller blogger, right? Anybody who's not Forbes or Money Magazine or something like that isn't going to rank on the first page of Google. So that's ideally what you want is to rank on the first page of Google for that key term or keyword that you're going after, that topic that you're going after. I told her like, you're never gonna rank for that topic. So it's totally up to you as a content creator, continue to go down that path of creating that content because maybe your folks online really wanna see that from you and you'll get a lot of traffic because your Instagram or your social media followers really wanna see how you did that, how you accomplished it. What tips and tricks do you have? But it's not something you're necessarily going to rank for. But another blogger said, I really want to rank for a margarita recipe. I'm a content creator who's creating cocktail recipes. And so I really want to go after a margarita recipe. So she and I worked together to determine what are the types of margarita recipes that have high volume that won't be hard to rank for. So in this case, it was a Cadillac margarita as opposed to a classic margarita, right? Because everybody and their mom who has ever created a recipe on a really popular site has a classic margarita recipe. So she's not going to be the one who likely appears on the first page of Google, but she could for something like Cadillac margarita. So it's this healthy balance of finding strong keywords related to a topic that you want to write about that you can also rank for based on your size, based on your sites, what they call domain authority or domain ranking, and those various aspects. So once you've nailed down that, then you're golden. Then it's about creating the actual content itself. And really the key there is using those keywords, but also making sure that you're satisfying the user's intent and that your content is robust enough to answer the questions related to the topic you're writing about. So I hope that that wasn't overly complex. No, no, it it makes sense. My only question to follow up with that is, let's say, okay, we'll go back to your friend who was doing the debt-free question. Like, what do you do then? Like, if you have a very, like, even for, right, your blog is geared towards fashion. I'm sure there's a ton of fashion blogs. Is it every single post you make it SEO friendly and you only write specifically towards keywords that have like low competition, right? High volume, low competition. Or will you sprinkle in a mixture of keywords that you might not rank on Google because people are asking for it? And then of course, also go back to SEO. Like, is there a blend? There is absolutely a blend. And that's always going to be a personal preference. When I talk to the community about SEO, we always talk about there's really like three different types of people. My girlfriend who talked me into learning SEO will not create, she falls into the first bucket, which is she will not create content unless she knows she can rank for it. Because to her, it is not worth her time to create content that she she wants every bit of the work she puts into her blog to work for her, end of story. And is also evergreen content, which means it's always relevant. She could create a post today that two years from now is just as relevant, just as popular, continues to get her blog traffic regardless of the time frame, regardless of the season. So she falls into that first bucket. And there are a handful of people who will not create content on their site unless they know they can rank for it. It's still a topic that they're passionate about, but they will likely not go after something unless they know it brings them some sort of rate of return. Then there is somebody in the middle who does both, right? Who's very passionate about driving traffic to their site through Google, but they're also, they're going to create content that isn't going to be ranked for. So another fashion blog comparison that I always use for people is 
There's tons of my fashion blogging friends who create content like their favorite monthly purchases from Amazon, right? And so it might be September's Amazon favorites. Some of my blogger friends have come to me and said, how can I rank for that post? And my response is also, it's September Amazon favorites isn't anything anybody's searching for, right? Like nobody's going to Google and saying, what are Joanna's September Amazon favorites? They're searching for things like, what are the best kitchen gadgets? What are the best Lululemon dupe leggings? Like there's very specific things that they may be searching for. But if those posts do really well with your social media following, you should still create them, but maybe think about and become strategic about how you can use those same products in that post to create something that is Google and SEO friendly. Like maybe you purchased five different pair of Lululemon dupe leggings from Amazon this month and you do a review on that or you do your favorite leggings or you do your favorite kitchen products because over the last six months, one product from your September favorites or monthly favorites has been a kitchen product, if that if that makes any sense. So there are those two buckets. And then there's somebody who creates content entirely and SEO will never be for them. And there are a lot of creatives out there who have said that, like SEO is just never going to be for me because I'm never going to create content just to go after like specific keywords and topics, right? Or I always want to create content that is related to a topic that I will likely never rank for. Yeah. I'm glad that you specify that because even for me, like there's obviously things that I do that's very different, right? Because great resignation is new, quitting your job, that whole phrase is new. Not that it's a new concept, right? People have been leaving and pursuing entrepreneurship for forever. So that in that regard, I can benefit from. But then there's other things like when I talk about taxes and insurance and creating content, like those things are so saturated that it's like, I'm not going to not do it because people are asking for it. But, you know, it's good to have a mix, which is, you know, okay too. Yeah. And just sometimes too, I think a lot of people get hung up with that like keyword when they finally start to get in this rhythm where they're starting to learn SEO. And we talk about things like keyword difficulty, which means how difficult is it to rank for that particular keyword? And there's so many incredible tools out there that will give you that information, which is why I say it seems such a daunting task, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's not. There are great tools that are very very specific and are very intuitive in terms of usage that will tell you like, this keyword is really difficult. I am not a huge blogger, right? Like I'm not a half-baked harvest. I am not Martha Stewart, (laughs) right? But there are still some blog posts that I was like, you know what, I'm really passionate about creating this. And I don't imagine that I will rank for it, but I'm still going to go for it like I can. And I have appeared like our Fabletics review. At one point, we were ranking higher than Fabletics. So we're still on the first page of Google, but we were ranking higher than Fabletics themselves. Aritzia, we are the number one Aritzia review post and we rank higher than Aritzia. So it's, I tell people, even though you don't think you can go for it, the end result is you being really passionate and concentrating on answering all of the really great questions your reader might have as it relates to that content. And if you can make your content the best content that's available, go out and do that. And my number one tip to people who are looking to create new content and want to understand how they can formulate their blog posts to have the best success at ranking on the first page of Google, I always tell them the very first thing that you should do is go Google the keyword or topic you want to go after and then look at the top 10 people who are ranking already on Google and look at what are they writing about? How have they formulated their content? What questions are they answering? Because that's proven. Google is already favoring those people. So you want to go out and see what is Google already favoring and then do it better. Wow. That's such a simple, like I never thought about that, honestly, which sounds ridiculous because it's such a simple thing to do. So thank you for that. But so, you know, as someone who's an SEO expert and for my listeners who want to make their SEO better, what would you suggest they could do now other than the Google search or even like tools and stuff like that that they can use to get more traffic to their site? So if you are interested in learning more about SEO, and let me be clear, I'm no SEO expert, right? I I mean, I think I have found a method that works really well for me. And I will be honest, I spent thousands of dollars trying to learn. And I would say about 40% of what I learned actually worked. 
So I would highly recommend starting with the free tools, right? Because there are some insanely incredible resources that have already been produced out there that are a great start for learning SEO. So if you're specifically looking to learn about the process of SEO, sort of the basics, there's a couple of free tools that I would highly recommend. One of them is a tool called SEMrush or SEMrush. People use that term interchangeably. It's S-E-M-R-U-S-H. They have a paid SEO tool. They're probably one of the top resources for people who are concentrating on SEO, but they have a blog and they have incredible SEO resources on their blog. I mean, it would take you some time to get through their material. I think they even have a free version of their SEO course, but SEMrush or SEMrush is an amazing, a great place to start. There's also a tool called Moz.com and Moz.com also has a blog and is a great resource for learning the beginnings of SEO. Similarly, Mediavine. So Mediavine is one of the reasons that a lot of people end up concentrating on SEO because they're one of the top ad revenue companies that are available. It's really like Mediavine and there's another company called AdThrive. You need 100,000 page views or sessions per month to get to AdThrive. But when you get to Mediavine status, Mediavine is an ad revenue company, but they also have a blog. In their blog, they have some really incredible tools and resources and tips on how to maximize and really get the most out of your content and maximize it for search. And so I would definitely start there if you're looking to learn. If you've begun the process of concentrating on SEO and you want affordable options for things like keyword research and competitor research, which I think is one of the best ways to learn SEO and learn, frankly, what you should concentrate on in your own business. Anybody who tells you that that's dirty is wrong. Every single company out there is doing competitor research to understand how they can beat out their competition, right? There's two really great tools that I think are fantastic. One of them is a tool called Ubersuggest. Ubersuggest was built by a guy named Neil Patel, who is a fantastic, equally a fantastic resource probably one of the top resources for things like advertising and SEO and online marketing. I suppose I should have mentioned him too. He has a great blog, but he built a relatively free tool. I think there's also a paid version now, but Uber Suggest is a really excellent place to go. It's very user intuitive um, place to go do competitor research and keyword research. And one of my favorite affordable tools is a tool called keysearch.co. It's a paid tool, but it's only like $7 a month. And it's I use it every single day. It's one of my favorites. There's a lot of other tools like Ahrefs and SEMrush, which are competitors that are hundreds of dollars a month that will get you some really amazing resources. But I actually use keysearch.co more than I use either of those tools every day. And I, I pay for the other tools, hundreds of dollars, in fact. Yeah. But I mean, it ends up like you get the rewards back from using those. But I remember you taught me about keysearch. I think it was May of 2021, like literally a year ago. It's a fantastic tool. It's so good. Like, it's, a it's really tool. great. It's really, really, really great. Yeah. And it's I think it's $7 a month. But I honestly, it's my favorite tool. I use it more than I use probably anything else. Yeah, it's that. And I just recently found vidIQ, which is really good for YouTube, but it's kind of the same concept. And I know you have your SEO course too, right? That's available if people want to learn more too. Yeah, so we took the best of all the things that we've learned over the last several years and we built an SEO course. We've got several hundred students that have enrolled into the course so far, which has been really, really fantastic. So that is absolutely available. One of the things I try to highlight about the course is, and I think you and I have even talked about this, is to me, it's I don't want people to just enroll into the course. I want to ensure that anybody who... If, the, if I feel humbled and gracious, if anybody were to learn from me, because there's a hundred million people that you could learn from. So if anybody did choose me, that would be amazing. But what I try to highlight for folks when I talk to people about the SEO course is it's I want it to be for people so much more than just a course. Like I try to make sure that I get on the phone with as many people. We set up Zoom calls. It, I don't charge for any of that kind of stuff, because for me, the course isn't necessarily a way for me to make money. It is my passion for helping other women and men, I suppose, 
learn this process. And if you are a content creator and you feel like you've also wasted so much time, like you're putting all this love and energy into creating content online and you're not making any money from it, I feel you. And so I only created the course so that people could understand that what has worked from me, what helped me go from very few page views outside of social media to thousands of page views a day. Yeah. And you've been at the top of my list. Once I hire a VA and I have more time and I actually focus on blog posts, because right now I'm not doing blog posts, I definitely will be signing up because I know from seeing where you've grown as well as so many other people, like most bloggers that I speak to and just content creators who leverage some sort of digital presence on a website swear by SEO. And I, for the life of me, don't understand it. So I need to get there. Yeah. It can be cumbersome. I mean, I think I thought the same thing and it took me a really, really, really long time, which is the only reason I had zero intention of creating a course at all. And it was, I think when I had mentioned it on my own social channels, just that Kit, who was my friend who said, go learn SEO. I really just kind of started to talk about it on social as a way to say, to actually celebrate when other women are willing to share the success that they've had and actually peel back the layers of their own business and say, these are the things that really worked for me because sometimes that doesn't happen, right? Like there's lots and lots of people who just feel like it's a competition. And it's, if I share with you what worked for me, then that might diminish my ability to be successful. And when I went online and shared, like, these were the things that were working for me, I ended up scheduling 50 calls with women just to share like what we did, like even in Shine and just talking about the things that were working for me, the tools that I was using. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't get on another phone call. I gotta like put something on and paper for people so that they have a reference and then I can get on calls and help elaborate on what they're learning. And so But I did. I mean, I spent thousands of dollars and I spent years and hopefully what we created in the course helps people really simplify it and really get some time back in their day and helps break it down in a really digestible, easy to use, easy to understand format. And I'm always glad to connect anybody who's interested even in learning more about the course with people who have already taken it so that you can not hear from me, but you can hear from those who it's worked for as well. Like I'm completely open to doing that. That's so awesome. I appreciate you doing that too. Cause like we both seen it. People are, they gatekeep information and that's not cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very much. I mean, I've, I've in the, both the corporate world, but in this world too, you know, it's dog eats dog, right? For a lot of people. And so I think that that happens a lot. It's a, a lot of people don't want to share, you know, what was successful for them because, and there's a lot of people in the SEO world, right? I mean, there's so much competition. There's a new blog that pops up every, what I think they say, like 20 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised. Yeah. So I'm happy to share anything. I'm always happy to jump on calls. We start boxer chats, like any way that I can make myself available to anybody who wants to learn. I'm happy to do so because I wouldn't be in this place if it weren't for somebody sharing that information with me too. So yeah, I love that. So I'm wondering now that we talked about SEO and stuff and maybe in some cases, this answer to the question will be doing SEO earlier, but like, is there anything that you would have done differently, like through your entrepreneurial journey? Cause I know it's been quite a while, 10, 15 years, you're kind of in the online space. Yeah. I mean, when I look at my friends who started SEO and I had always known, right. Everybody's always said you should focus on SEO. It's not a new concept. It was certainly not something new to me in the last few years, but it just was never this area that I felt like, I needed to concentrate on or anything like that. And so 175%, the answer to that question would be, I wish I would have started earlier because what I think people oftentimes don't understand about SEO too, or, or forget is that there's a compound effect that happens with SEO for a lot of people, if not everybody. It's every new piece of content I create is just like this compounded effect in terms of traffic. So a blog post, again, that I created two and a half years ago still brings me hundreds of page views a day. I haven't touched it. All the information is still relevant. And so if every new piece of content can help me build that over time, it's just my traffic grows, my revenue grows. But some of the best things that come out of focusing on SEO that people oftentimes think is like in foresight is it helped me grow my email subscriptions. It helped double affiliate sales without me ever having to sell anything to anybody other than to say, this product worked for me as opposed to this product didn't work for me. And oftentimes I'm telling people like, don't buy this product. (laughs) 
but like the no like and trust factor increased. And so, so all of these things start to happen kind of organically when you start to focus on SEO. And so I do wish for my business that I would have focused on those things a lot earlier, first and foremost. But I also think like kind of to piggyback on the last conversation we had about women is I also wish I would have invested in myself earlier, right? Like in some of the masterminds that you and I have been a part of or been more strategic about partnering and finding the right women in my life that were willing to share their expertise because now I have this insanely amazing network of women who are constantly sharing that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, we're helping each other grow all the time. We're sharing connections. We're sharing resources. It's all of that kind of stuff. And I also wish I would have done that and understood the benefit of investing in me and giving myself permission to do that. And then finding this like really great network of men and women, frankly, who would be part of like your inner girl boss circle. Yeah. Like so helpful too. Oh, thanks. (laughs) It's funny though, because I'm sure when you started your blog, the people in your life were like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Oh, and yeah, people still don't get it. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny too, because like, this is your full-time job, right? You just hired another employee and yet they're still questioning it. And it's like, this is why I have my own community because I don't need to deal with that negativity. Like, so we're not, we're not. Well, and even more so for us, right? Like when you leave a corporate job and you say to people, like, you're going to be a content creator, you're going to, Uh, Like people are like, what? And I really struggled with that. I mean, I'm going to be very honest. When I was talking to Sean about leaving financially, we were good. Like we were fine. One of the things that was really holding me back was in my case, I had worked so long for so many years building to this title and this what I considered like this status, right? Like when I went to dinner parties, Sean could be talking to somebody across the room and be like, oh yeah, that's my wife who's a VP or that's my wife who's a director. You know, like you feel like there's some level of like confidence and that you get with reaching a certain status. And you feel like you've spent your whole life doing that. And I was really hung up on the fact that like, what will I tell people that I do? And people were like, you're going to tell people you're a fucking badass. Like, that's what you're going to do. You're going to tell people you had the confidence to leave the corporate world. And you you broke through the status quo. You made a decision that was for you only. And so I really struggled with that when I was leaving corporate because I wasn't even sure how I was going to explain to people what I did. Even if I told people like I'm the CEO of my own company of what a blog or two, or and then people were like, what? And so I really struggled with that. And then I, you know, eventually did a lot of work on myself and hired a mindset coach and got myself to a better place where I was like, hell yeah, this is an amazing decision. And I'm actually doing something that everybody secretly wishes they could do. Yeah, exactly. But it is funny because even like with my own experience, when I tell people I'm a podcaster or I do content creation, they're like, they're like oh, you're one of those girls who dance on TikTok. And I'm like, I haven't done one video like that. No, absolutely not. Best thing too, especially with all the interviews I've done, everyone always asks me like, oh, like, did you have a trust fund? Like, do you have a rich husband? And I'm like, no, no, I did it myself. So fuck off. Like, God, come on. Yeah. And not to mention, I mean, like all of the flexibility and all of that, to an extent, I really loved my corporate career, but I was working 80 hours a week. I mean, Gabby, I wasn't sleeping for half the time, right? Like, I mean, it's all the things that all the reasons that people want to quit. And I, no joke, Sean told me when I quit, I want you to take an entire month and I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to focus on the blog. I don't want you to, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to do you. That's it. Do nothing. Don't write a blog post. Don't take a photo. Don't post on social media. Don't do any of that. Just focus on you and like leveling out because I was like getting so high strung and I wasn't sleeping and like all of that stuff. And then as soon as I quit my job, I mean, the flexibility that we had, the peace of mind, the impact that it had on our relationship, the places we were able to go and do. I mean, it was like it was incredible. It's so awesome that Sean is so supportive. Like, I also love seeing all your behind the scenes stuff of you guys traveling together and all that stuff. So I'm sure it's like a win-win because now he's like, yeah, my boss, babe, like we get to do stuff together. 
you know, it's it's always nice when your partner is on board with everything and is supportive because then it's just fun for both of you, right? It is. It is. And I mean, thankfully, he has a job where he works from home 100% of the time. But we were, I mean, last summer we were taking meetings from, you know, Cliffside in San Diego at Torrey Pines. Like we had brought a table and we went and got cocktails in the middle of the afternoon. And like we were both with our laptops, like sitting in the sun and working, but from Torrey Pines. And it was great. It was really cool. That's so awesome. So all the corporate quitters, it's it's possible for sure. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. But I'm wondering, like, I know you have this new line that you're releasing, right? Sophia Living. And Sean's a part of that too, right? He's helping you build it out. Yeah, we, we always say that he's the CEO. He's the chief everything officer. Um, <laughs> he's the, he's like the finance guy. He's the one who takes all the photos. I mean, more than that, though, he's like the supporter of it all. And it's I do feel super fortunate because, I mean, he was there when I started the blog. And so he was a part of that whole journey with me he was the first one to be like, yeah, let's do this. Like, what do you need me to do? And he learned photography. I mean, all of that kind of stuff. He sacrifices vacations um, to half the time. It's like half content creation and half vacation. So yeah, I mean, just over the last couple of years, we became, it's sort of slowly started for health reasons. We became more like plant-based eaters. And I started to see the difference in like, as a fashion blogger, right? It's a lot of it over the years has been about like overconsumption and a fast fashion. And then you start to think about like, what does that doing to the planet and all of that, not to be, you know, somebody who spends the rest of this podcast talking about the impact on the planet, but So we decided over the last year or so that we would start a second brand called Sophia Living. And Sophia means pure and clean in Arabic. And the brand is now going to be entirely dedicated to like honoring fashion brands that are themselves honoring their commitment to sustainability and fair trade practices and you know, how can you still be really fashionable without having a closet full of shit you don't use? And, you know, how can you do like really fun swaps at home? And how can you even build an outdoor garden for yourself? Um, And so it's going to be all of those things. And then we'll, we're starting down the line of building a clean beauty brand as well that will kind of accompany that. So it'll be all kinds of things. We want to have like an Airbnb campus that is entirely like an eco-friendly resort. So we've got lots of big plans. Um, And we're like in the final design phases now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We're really excited. I'm excited. That's the future, honestly. Like, I think we all want to do good by the planet, but the concept of being sustainable or even recycling sometimes can seem so daunting, especially based on your location or even like what you need as a human to function, right? Almost everything we buy is in plastic. Like, it's difficult to even get away from those things. So the fact that you're bringing those, those companies that are doing right by you know, the world and, you know, these other things like, right, doing a garden, like how we can actually make these things possible in our reality is really, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're really excited about it. We've been working with an amazing company that did our rebrand and website relaunch of our website for a Lily Love Affair. She's amazing. I mean, she's worked with some huge, huge, huge companies, which is awesome. And so we got the wireframes for the website and things like that yesterday. So we're hoping to launch in March, which will be really fun. It's it's oh definitely God, where we're very excited. I know it's the happening. It's gonna very, be very for cool. This episode. Oh, yeah, so awesome. it's going to be very, very cool. We're very, super, super excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited too. I also like, I've been recently trying to get away from harmful products, just like makeup and hair stuff. And it, it's so hard to find clean beauty products. Like honestly, like, and, and if they're good, like quote unquote good, they're like terrible. Like they don't work well. Yeah. So we, so same thing. Like I started down the clean beauty usage myself because all of a sudden in the last couple of months I had gotten like adult acne. And so I was going to my dermatologist and she prescribed me an $800 prescription And it was not working. And so my girlfriend was like, you know what, just try this combination. And I I also don't mean to be somebody who like plugs essential oils, but she was like, just try this natural oil and drops of these three essential oils. And I just like, I'm just curious if it works for you. It worked for me. I'm just curious if it works for you. And sure enough, it's the only thing that worked. I mean, I had spent six months my last like solution with my dermatologist was an $800 prescription full of a bunch of chemicals I couldn't pronounce. 
And it, the only thing that worked for my skin was this, like, I think it's jojoba oil. I always say that wrong. And then like a combination of three different essential oils. Like, and you just put it right on the skin or was it like, yeah, I just like-, like put it in a dropper. I, I like combine them all. There's like a base oil. And then you put like 10 drops of each of the three essential oils. And it's just like in an eyedropper. That's it. I just combine it and I use it every single day. And it's amazing. And I like to, I'm not don't have a commitment to one essential oil brand over the other, so I'm not trying to push essential oils. But. No, no, but I'm I'm always curious too, because you know, like even myself, like I got off the pill last year, and so my hormones have been a nightmare, which means my skin has been a nightmare. And in part of this process, I've been trying to remove chemical based things in general. So just hearing another person say, "Hey, you can actually go the natural route, and things will still be good," is like honestly a relief. Yeah. Just even like for us, it was a huge shift. We made the shift to like a plant-based diet a couple of years ago because Sean had really, really high cholesterol and really high blood pressure. And same thing, like it runs in his family. And so he was on all kinds of prescriptions and like one prescription would have some other sort of side effect. And I just thought like, we can't, I don't want him to keep taking all of these prescriptions. Like it just feels like that can't be good for you. And so we went to a holistic doctor and the holistic doctor recommended, why don't you just try like a more plant-based diet for the next couple of months? And sure enough, I mean, everything was better for both of us. My skin got better, my cramps bloating. I mean, for him, his cholesterol, I mean, he was in like the 200s, like about to have a heart attack kind of health. (laughs) And he's a super fit, like, very fit, very conscious. I mean, he's a really conscious eater, but we were eating a lot of red meat and things like that. And so, and then we spent several, we spent about a month and a half in Bali. And when you go to Bali, there's a lot of it is solely plant-based, you know, they really kind of work from the land and stuff like that when you travel there. And we just became like, I felt amazing. I was sleeping better. My skin looked better. My hair was shinier. It was like all these random things that I didn't even know so much so that I took my dad, who's like, the biggest red meat eater possible and drinks like 24 Budweiser's a day from Indiana. Like if that just kind of paints a picture for you, I took him to Bali and I was like, I trying to get him to eat plant-based when we got there, he was like, I totally thought I was like ridiculous, right? Like there was no way I was going to get him to eat plant-based. And he said the same thing when we were there, like, I've never felt like a better human being. Like I've never felt better health wise. Like everything feels good. And so even now, like we took him to Bali for the second time a year later and he was like, I'm on, like I'm on board. I'm sold. That's so exciting. Yeah. Now you get to bundle it together into this like massive new brand that's doing so much good. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's really, really fun. We've been having a lot of fun with it. And it's not like, because a lot of people, even when we talk about like sustainable fashion brands and stuff like that, people are like, that just feels too minimalistic for me. Uh, I'm not like a minimalist. (laughs) And I mean, there's some really incredible brands out there that are creating some really high fashion pieces that are sustainable and like their commitment to sustainability is amazing. And you don't even think like the way that brands ship stuff to us and like the emissions and all. I mean, it's so it's fun to like learn about all of those things, but then also see brands that are being like super, super transparent about that and like decreasing packaging and all of that. Like, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So exciting. I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to be part of it. I want, I'm going to be like, really yes, for sure. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited. It'll be really fun. Yeah. Well, March, everyone who's listening, you know, get ready. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. You know, I've known you for the past year, but to learn more about your story and just kind of what you and Sean have gone through and just all your future plans has been really awesome and just exciting to learn about. But one of the things that I like to do with every single episode is just ask one final question, which is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? Gosh, there's so many things. I mean, I think along the lines of what we are talking about now is if your gut tells you something, so whether that's you're unhappy in your job, or you want to take a different direction with a relationship, you want to end a friendship, you want to go out on your own, listen to your intuition and your gut. It never, 
I don't think my gut has ever steered me in the wrong direction. And I had not listened to my gut so early on because so many other people, like we were talking about, guided me in a different direction or said that wasn't possible or you're never going to make money from that or that's so unsafe to be a digital content creator. Like that sounds like a disaster. Listen to yourself and like dreams are possible and like just take leaps of faith. You know, like listen to that gut, take leaps of faith, have confidence in yourself. And if you don't have confidence in yourself today, give yourself permission to invest in yourself, hire a mindset coach, get yourself a great group of girlfriends, build a network of people around you who lift you up and don't bring you down, you know, instead. And like what you will find if you do some of those things, I think will be tremendous, right? Like I've also, you and I have both spent thousands and thousands of dollars in masterminds. And those have all been amazing. So much money. But like a group of girlfriends and I got together, all whom are super, super successful women. And we decided like, we're just going to create our own mastermind and it's going to be free, right? It's free to the three of, or the four of us or the five of us. And it keeps growing. Now there's 11 of us. And the amount of information that we share and the amount of uplifting conversations we have, the amount of resources we've shared with each other has done an incredible amount for all of us, I think. And so surround yourself with those people, listen to your gut, invest in yourself when it comes to your level of confidence and just go for it. Even if anybody's telling you not to, like you can always go back, right? When I was quitting my corporate job and I was having a really hard time, the best of my friends said, it's not like you can't go back right? Like there's always another option. There's always another option. So go for it because you never, never know. And I'm in, I'm 40. And so what people often as well say is like, it's too late for me to go and pursue that dream. And to that, I say, fuck that, right? Like that is not true. I know some of my girlfriends who are in their forties, who are now, who took leaps of faith last year as well, and are now making 60, I have a girlfriend who's now making $60,000 a month and just made the decision to go after her dream last year. And she's 42. So it's never too late. Invest in yourself, have confidence, surround yourself by people that are incredible and will lift you up. Do not give a second of your time to the people who don't serve you in that way. Hell yeah. I love all that. So awesome. (laughs) Smoking like a true badass. So where can people find you if they want to follow you, if they want to you know, get in touch, if they want to purchase the SEO course, like where can they find you? So um, you can find us on Instagram at Anna Bon, um, which is technically our A Lily Love Affair page. You can find us at alilyloveaffair.com. And soon you'll be able to find us at sophialiving.com on Instagram and all other social channels and sophialiving.com. The Instagram course is in our link in bio on Instagram at Anna Bond, or I can give you the link as well to the site, which will give you a lot more information on Teachable and things like that too. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been honestly really helpful for me. So I can only imagine the people who don't know you, who haven't talked to you, like this is going to be a knowledge bomb. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. And I'm completely open. If anybody ever needs anything, please DM me. Honestly, I mean that in all seriousness. Some people respond to me and they're like, I know you said that, but I didn't expect for you to respond. And I will always respond. I will always like my ultimate goal is to just help people achieve their dreams and to be able to quit six figure income jobs like you and like me and the amount of benefits we I think we both have received from taking those leaps of faith has been tremendous. So I only want to help other people do the same. So please feel free to reach out to me at any time. I'm always happy to jump on calls or schedule Zooms or answer DMs, chat via Voxer, anything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.